Welcome to Go Rangers Radio, where the New York Rangers are always the talk of the town. If you bleed red, white, and Rangers blue, hail the king, follow the bread man, and know how to spell Capo Caco, then you've tuned to the right place. And now, here are your handsome hosts, Kevin Delury and Paul Cuthbert. They're not always going to get it right. But you can be damn sure they'll pretend they are. Now, let's go Rangers Radio. Yeah, good evening everybody and welcome to Go Rangers Radio. Live from New York, baby, as always. Broadcasting on the Go Hockey Radio Network. Oh, it's a, a rainy and cold Wednesday night in October here in New York. And we're still waiting for the New York Rangers to play another hockey game. Welcome aboard, everybody. Paul Cuthbert here. And without further ado, the man, the myth, the legend, Mr. Kevin DeLore. What's up, KD? How you doing? Uh, just sitting here growing old waiting for another Ranger game. What oh, else is new? It's awful, man. It is awful. I mean... You know, if you're if you're an NFL, you know, diehard fan, right? They play once a week. So, you know, us rain, you know, hockey fans just in general are just not used to this. But could you imagine just being I mean, I'm a I'm a football fan, but I'm not a diehard like, you know, crazy watching every day and stuff. But and when you think about it, you know, one game a week, that's pretty much what we've been doing. But man, it's it's unbelievable, buddy. What what have you been doing to cope except uh, you know, tweeting all day? <laughs> Drinking. Lots of <laughs> <laughs> Actually, I I haven't been drinking because the Rangers haven't been on, so I've actually so- sobered up. I haven't had anything to drink about. Come on, you had so... to put a few back after that loss against Edmonton. Buddy. <laughs> that is true. That is true. But the last four days, I'm sober. <laughs> <laughs> so what the hell, man? Uh, we uh, you know, we're coming back here tomorrow night finally against New Jersey, and they're struggling. And before we get into that matchup tomorrow night, uh, let's go back to Edmonton and uh, the Strangers here last Saturday. After the buildup, obviously, we've got all this buildup and hype between games, unfortunately. Oh, my God. Thank God it's not going to be happening all year like this. So I don't get... think, I don't, I'm going to be honest, Paulie. I don't even think I can remember last Saturday's game. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to have to pull up some highlights or something here to even remember. Uh, it was a 4-1 loss, I believe, brother, way back when. <laughs> <laughs> the place was packed. And, uh, hey, Capo... Kako got his first goal, buddy. So let's uh, put it together for uh, the young and, kid. And and who got the assist? My yes! boy, Con- Connor McStrom. That's my man. <laughs> that was that was some saucer pass. That's like Gretzky like. That was man. So you know. I was sitting there watching that when I saw him put it on his <laughs> on his stick, man. I'm sitting there. Oh, KD's gonna go nuts, baby! And sure enough, they had him in between periods. It was fantastic, and we we threw that tweet out of your uh, your boy there in between. So so I guess that's one cool thing about Sunday. Uh, you know, uh, <laughs> Capo got that off his uh, off his plate. He's got his first goal, celebrated, all happy, and all that other stuff. But the rest of the game, Kevin, I, I gotta ask you something, man. It just it seemed like the same old kind of thing from last year a little bit, which kind of concerned me. Uh, there was no real adjustment. They didn't have that um, sense of urgency. It was a little disappointing, and it kind of concerned me with about, you know, all the changes, the new guys in there, and it was just like kind of like the same kind of recipe 
uh, in that game, and I just thought they could have they could have shown up a little bit better against Edmonton at home the other day. Well, I mean, I thought they had a really good start. I mean, I thought that the start, you know, went really went their way. They had the uh, the five on three, and I thought the five on three went real well. They did everything but score. I think Kreider hit the post. Mike Smith was making huge saves. Panarin, unfortunately, was missing the net. Now, Valaquette did a great job, actually, during the first intermission of breaking it down where the passes into uh, Panarin were, like, into his skate, so he wasn't getting the, the pass right in his wheelhouse, wheelhouse to really tee it up. And when he was, he was missing the net. So, you know, if they would have been able to score on that five-on-three, I think that would have been huge early. Um, but like you said, they still ended up with the Kako goal at the end of the first period, one in the locker room up, one nothing. You know, and came, then came the second period. Unfortunately, Buchnevich, um, you know, he had a real bad icing, um, which led to a, you know, face off down his own net, uh, down his own end with, with a tired line. And, and the Oilers took advantage of it there. And it seemed from that point, it really started to go downhill. The defense was giving up a ton of odd man rushes. You know, Lundqvist, you know, he was really one of the few bright spots other than the Kako goal. He was making, um, you know, point blank save after point blank save. He didn't have like a ton of shots against them, but the ones that he had were, were you know high level shots. So you know, and and even the goal itself in the in the um, in the third period, you know, it was one one, and the goal hit off a of Trubin went in, and even the next goal was uh, you know it looked like Lundqvist had it was tripped, uh, you know, it was tipped tipped in the goal. So sort of almost two flu- fluky goals there at the end, but you know their special teams was real disappointing, which had been a real positive in the first two games, 0 for 4 on the power play. Like I said, they couldn't take advantage of the 5-on-3. Uh, a penalty kill, they gave up a goal. And like you said, a, a bit lifeless. Um, boring, Kevin. Can yeah, you, it I know, was boring. I know. It really got boring there, just watching them kind of struggle and not get well, any energy and, and going. I, and I think that that goes into where the team is at right now. Um, I, I think that the bottom eight of – of the of the forwards right now, other than the top line and Kako, really aren't very good. I mean, if you look at you know these guys and who they are, I mean, we're, we're throwing out you know Brendan Smith and Jesper Fast and you know my boy Strom and you know you go on and on Lemieux and and down. These are you know really bottom six guys and even but sometimes you know bottom three guys that you have in the in the bottom six or the, you know the top nine, whatever you want to say. Um, and they're really out of position here. And I think, unfortunately, this is a product of, you know, Hedl and Kratzoff being in Hartford, which is fine. And I've, and we've discussed this and I've said, I have no problem with them down in the AHL. The problem is, is right now, the guys who you have is sort of like the fillers, you know, the, um, Brendan Smith and, the and the McKegs, my boy McKegg, um, as well. I got a lot of boys out there, apparently, um, <laughs> a lot of guys I'm calling my boy, but, um, so those guys in there, they're really out of position. They're playing up in, in positions that they're not used to playing or even in the lineup when they shouldn't be. So right now, our, our bottom eight, just really the talent isn't there. And you have even some of the younger guys like Leis and you have Howard. And they're young guys. You know, they're still developing themselves. So, you know, I think there's going to – when the first line isn't scoring, I think there's going to be some struggles with this team to score until Hedl and Kratzoff sort of find themselves down in Hartford and come back up. You know, there's not a lot of real talent um, on this team right now. And, and you saw it on Saturday against Edmonton. They, you know, the first line was sort of shut down and there was nobody there to step up. And, and it's concerning. 
They were also our top line two was minus three. All the three guys up front too. So matching up against uh, Drysaddle and McDavid and everything else. Uh, you know, again, it's early, buddy, and I know it's the beginning of the season and everything. It just it just seemed the, the carryover from the you know obviously the Senators are a different team. Edmonton playing really well. You know, they end up uh, shutting down Neal. Obviously, who was on fire there leading up into that game. And um, but like I said, I just get back to you know maybe this gets into Quinn style of coaching sometime. And I was kind of kind of hoping for something a little different. And I just got that really bad feeling that man, I've seen this before. Where, you know, okay, they didn't get the 5-1-3. And that power play looked fantastic, man. It was really exciting in the first period. And they they, they, they went on him. Smith stood on his head there for a little bit and, and got lucky and stuff. But, man, I was just, you know, as the game progressed, and I was just like, man, I get, this is not – this has got to change. This has got to be different. Throw – mix it up a little bit. Uh, you know, we have these new guys in there, and it just seemed like it was the same old engine that had been running – uh, even with the new players, do you see that at all, Kevin? I mean, you, you, you know, am I wrong just to kind of point that out? Because, like I said, I just feel that's what—that's the vibe I was getting. I was like, oh, I've seen this before, and I don't like it. I think the problem right now with the team, unfortunately, is the schedule. I think that it's sort of messing with Quinn a little bit, and he's mentioned it a couple of times during his press conference. Um, you know that he's. He was leaning on the first line probably too much in Edmonton and not giving other guys a chance because there had been so much time in between games. And he figured, well, I could keep these guys out here because I I have four days off afterward. And maybe he didn't get, you know, a guy like Anderson more ice time, which he said he you know planned on doing or maybe trying to um, do some more things with uh, mixing up the lineup. He's like, I want to give it a chance. We've only played our third, you know, three games. So I, I think the schedule is having a is messing a little bit with Quinn and the team getting a little bit of mojo here. Um, again, I and as I mentioned before, I just think there's not a lot of talent throughout the lineup too, which which hurts. You do have a lot of guys who are you know hardworking guys, but you know at the end of the day, you know talent uh, you know and skill level is the ultimate variable with a winning team. So until you you do get um, Heedle and Kraftsoff back up. And again, I, that's not a criticism of the team. I have no problem, and I'm, you know, I'd like to get into crafts off a little bit more in a little bit once we're we're done talking about the the sort Who's of state that? of the team. Yeah, Who's I know, that? right? Who's yeah. that? I don't know. I, I I heard he's heading back to Russia. Um, <laughs> well, here's my thing, anyway. Kevin. Here's my thing. You know, I know you you know you can talk about the schedule. We're all talking about it. Everybody, uh, everybody's talking about it, up and down. You know, but to me, that's a sixty minute game the other day. And because you're looking at the schedule, and because so many other teams are going to get a ton of points, you know, in the bank before we can start rolling here after these two games this week. To me, it's like, you know, you, you throw everything you can to get those two points, and especially at home. And, you know, with the extra rest, I mean, the Oilers have played a couple of big uh, hockey games before they come in there. They're traveling from out west. To me, it's just, I, I, you know, I guess I'm going to say I, I, I don't like all the excuses. <laughs> because yeah, I don't. Because yeah, I just think they were they were set up on a plate, Kevin, and I just think they really should have taken care of it. Just in terms of just Quinn, just kind of making some uh, different adjustments and everything else. And, I, I just don't. I don't think he wants to look like he's panicking early, where he's suddenly you know lines are changing and he's mixing things up. He's already made the changes on defense. Yeah, but know, KD. Then but then you know after the game, the guy is at the post game you know press conference. He's acting like somebody died, so it means a lot to him. 
I mean, Quinn carries it on his shoulders, man. There's no doubt about it. He gets there after the game. And to me, it's like, well, if, if you have all this, you know, I just didn't see the, the passion there in the, in the third period, uh, you know, than, that I'm seeing in terms of, uh, you know, the, the end of the world there that Quinn usually kind of gives after a loss like that. Now, maybe, like I said, deep inside, he's saying as a coach, that's one we should have definitely won uh, outside of the organization. Everybody thinking that, too. And I guess that's how I feel, Kevin. I, I just don't want to. I don't want to use the schedule thing as a total excuse. And, again, this conversation is going to be over as as regards to the schedule, you know, starting this week because there's a ton of hockey Mm -hmm. coming our way, and it's great. But the last thing, I don't want to harp on this. To me, as far as same old Rangers, we're excited about this new team and everything else, and you can talk about the schedule. They had them in their house. They were on the road. You know, they stopped Neil. They could have played a little better, and I think they should have played a little more urgency in terms of getting those two points with regards to the schedule, with regards to other teams in the Metro Division, everybody else playing and stacking up points. So that's just how I felt, and I hope going forward now, and maybe this is what alluding to what you're saying, they've got to get into a rhythm now, and Quinn's got to just kind of see how everything goes, you know, on the road, back-to-back games, and, and, and throwing a little bit of everything. But like I said, I just think they, there's no excuse for losing that game the other day. As far as I'm concerned, they had everything. Yeah, I, I I think it just goes back to right now this lineup is in flux. I think that the talent isn't there, and I think that the uh, – you know, and again, I am making excuses, Paulie. I'm sorry. I'm, uh, and I, I'm just not going to live and die with every loss right now. For me, and, and we've talked about it a lot, um, I, I'm thinking long game with this team. I, I'm not expecting, you know, big things from the Rangers this year. I expe- I'm expecting games like this throughout the season. Um, so I, I'm not surprised by it. I'm not sort of let down by it. Um, I, I just think that this is the reality of, of where this Rangers team is right now as they are looking to develop players, well, whether it's in Hartford or, or up here, there's going to be some bumps along the way. And, and last Saturday was one of them. Yes. I'm just going to tut, 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 tis, tis, tis. <laughs> <laughs> I wanted that game the other day, brother. I was off. <laughs> I had the whole house to myself. I watched the game, and it got boring, and I was pissed off, man. It's oh, all right. You're man. allowed. Tommy Laidlaw was in the house. He was upstairs. <laughs> and Glenn Anderson was in the house. Oh, man. All right. I'm just, let's... I'm just, trying, I'm just trying to be the voice of reason here, Paul. Yeah, I know. Just well, trying to help yeah. you out. I know, I know. All right. So let's put that game behind <laughs> us. We move forward. We got back-to-back games coming up. So, look, it's been great. I love watching Rangers Twitter. It's, it's not as bad as Al's Twitter. Because uh, that's just hysterical stuff. But Ranger Twitter is kind of fun, and I, I gotta hand it to you. I gotta hand it to the fans because I do agree. And we were talking about it before we went live here. You know the Devils <laughs> starting zero and six are going to beat us tomorrow night, right? And you know oh, we're Hughes, going down. Hughes is going to get we a hat trick, down. right? Oh no! Oh yeah, no, we're, we're going down tomorrow. It's just you know, <laughs> I, I see Ranger fans just killing Devils fans and Hughes and ha ha. You should have taken Kako and oh man, we are setting ourselves up for failure. <laughs> <laughs> if we Ranger fans know anything, it's oh. going to be failure. So, look, I know you're a closet devil fan. <laughs> yeah, right. No, I know. What do you think's going on over there, buddy? Or, or do we give a damn, KD? That's the question. I, I don't. I'm going to be honest. I haven't <laughs> looked at them. I don't care. I hope they continue to suck, and, and, <laughs> and that's great. You know? <laughs> <laughs> Bravo, man. I am with you. All right, so we'll just have to see what happens uh, tomorrow night as the boy, the boys fired up against New Jersey. And, uh, you know, the, we're 2-1 now going into this game. Obviously, wins against the Jets and the Sens and the Snicker against the Oilers. So after that, we, uh, we got the, the game against the Caps. So it'll be interesting to see what happens there. And obviously now, 
Coach Q and the goaltending and then, the, you know, the lineup and everything else is going to get uh, a little uh, a little more fun here to watch. Hopefully it's fun, Katie, right? And then we got the big homestand coming up, too, as well. So uh, let's um, let's talk about your boy Kratz off here real quick, because that was another thing that was going <laughs> off here uh, on, on Twitter. And um, looks like he misses the motherland. I mean, what's the story, brother? Yeah, I, I mean, first of all, I think this goes back again. To the schedule. I think beyond the Rangers Oh, and my Quinn, God, Quinn, with you and no, the no. schedule. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not letting this go. <laughs> not only do the Rangers and Quinn need a game, Ranger fans need a game. Because right now, Ranger fans are freaking out about a 19-year-old who's never played a game in the NHL starting the season in the AHL. I mean, give me a break. And, and look. I get it. I do. I do get it. I get the fans are unhappy. They see Brendan Smith on the third line. McKegg's in the lineup. Haley's on the roster. And everybody thinks, you know, it's not not fair. How are these guys in the lineup ahead of a guy like Kratzoff? But it's not Kratzoff, like, versus these guys. The team doesn't think that Brendan Smith or Greg McKegg is better than Kratzoff, you know, at all. What's happening is they're developing him down in Hartford. That was the decision they made. And guess what? You need to fill out 12 forward positions. So you got to give them to somebody. <laughs> so these are the guys they're giving them to. Like, it, it has nothing to do with Brendan Smith is, you know, on the third line now. So we could have had Kratzoff. It doesn't. They didn't want to develop him in the NHL. So I, I just I'm. I'm sorry. It, it was baffling me. <laughs> Breathe, today. KD. And, and, uh, Deep yeah, breath, And buddy. I was losing it a little bit on, on, on some of my Twitter followers today. Um, and look, I get it. And, and some of the anger is also going because when he went down there, he's been healthy scratched. Which, again, you know, from people who watch the games, they said that, um, you know, they see him pouting on the ice. I don't know how you can see him pouting on the ice from the stands. But I guess, you know, some people are saying they see him pouting on the ice. And, he's, and his minutes have been limited. And look, I get it. But the, this goes back to what I had said last show or two shows ago about this team fostering a culture based on hard work, commitment, and accountability. They want to make him earn his ice time, even down there. They're not just going to give him the ice time. They're being abundantly patient with these guys, and they want, him, they want them to earn the position. And I think it goes back to them seeing the immense amount of talent in a guy like Kratzoff and a guy like Hedo. And they're trying to squeeze every ounce of talent out of these guys. Sure, they could be in the NHL right now and they could be doing an outstanding job and be helping this team score. And maybe they went on Saturday with them in the lineup, you know. But, you know, they see more there. They see these guys as being generational, special talents. And they want them to work hard and bring out every ounce of that talent. And, you know, I can't get upset about that. But you sound really upset. My, I, I, I'm, I'm more upset with the fans, a certain amount of fans. But what really sort of turned this into like a powder keg today, beyond everyone upset about, you know, him being sent down to the AHL and then getting limited minutes, is now this report about him be, considering, you know, going back to the KHL. And first of all, you know, we have to take this, this report with a grain of salt. Apparently the same guy said like Kovalchuk to the Rangers was like a done deal a couple of years ago. So, you know, take it for what it's worth. But and look, I understand if Krasov is going to be upset, you know, who wouldn't be like in this situation. But 
you know, he had to know it, it, this was going to be a possibility coming over here that he was going to be in the AHL. I, I can't imagine that the Rangers management didn't say anything to him. Like, look, you're going to come over. We're going to give you a chance in training camp. And if you really don't wow us, we're probably going to send you down to the AHL, get yourself acclimated to, you know, living in the United States, playing in the United States, learning the, the North American game. Um, so, you know, he really has a choice at this point. He can complain about it and run back to Russia, which, you know, he has every right to do. You know, he has a clause in his contract, um, which would allow him to go back. He could play in the KHL. I think the season ends in, you know, February or something like that. And he could actually come back and finish out the season in the AHL. But I'm sorry. That, to me, I don't know about you, Paulie, but I think that's a bad look. I mean, if he's basically saying to the Rangers, like, you know, I don't trust you to, to develop me. So I'm going to leave. I'm going to finish, you know, I'm going to go back to the KHL because I think I could develop myself better over there. You know, I, I just think it's a, a bad look for him. I think it's a bad look for the organization. And, yeah, the Rangers obviously agreed to the clause on the contract, but I still don't think that they would be happy to see him take off. You know, and his other option is he can use that anger and work hard and prove the organization that they're wrong. Like, that's what I would love to see. And that's what I'm seeing out of Hedo right now, who has I think, five points in three games or four games, whatever he has. And I think right now he's starting to prove the organization wrong. You know, he's putting up points. I saw a, um, a clip of Hedo the other day where he took a hit in the neutral zone to get the puck deep late in the game. He followed the puck to the net, and he tapped in an easy goal late in the game. I mean, that's what you want to see from him down there, and that's what you want to see from Kratzoff. And Kratzoff's defense, after the healthy scratch, came back. He got his first point. So, you know, I'm hoping he's on his way. You know, and, you know, reports coming out of other beat writers are saying the Rangers haven't heard anything. He was at practice today with Hartford. So, you know, like I said, I mean, the report could be nothing. Um, but, you know, I, I just want to see him take that anger, which I understand. Young guy, he was thinking he's going to make the team. He doesn't. But use it the right way. You know, work hard. Show this team. I'm going to I'm going to show these guys that, you know, Brendan Smith shouldn't be up there. I should be up there. And, uh, you know, where I'm going to get upset about it is if this continues into, you know, January, where Kratzoff does, you know, is showing, you know, hard work, commitment and 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 his ice time is is improving in Hartford. And then they don't call him up. Then then I then I, I lead the riot. <laughs> <laughs> to, uh, to Madison Square Garden. So, you know, that's, uh, you know, I'm a little fired up about it because, like, it, it's a rebuild. These things are going to happen. I say it over and over again on this show. Um, you know, I think players have to understand that. I think fans have to understand that. And the only place I think that the organization could be going wrong with Kratzoff is, is if they're not communicating this with him. If they're not talking to him about this and this is what our plan is and we were looking for you to work hard and, if you're showing us you're working hard, you can be up in no time. If they're not having that communication with them, then I can understand him being angry, and I'll be on his side 100%. But if they are communicating with him, I think he just had, you know, head down, drive forward. Let's 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 get yourself back up here. Hopefully before the end of the year, you know, by the end of December, and uh, you know, let's go. Well, that How's was that, uh, How's I, that? that's that's very deep and uh, uninspiring. No. <laughs> <laughs> I can start talking about the schedule again. No, no, please don't. <laughs> don't do that. Yeah, look, um, 
you know, again, this is, uh, you know, imagine if Kako and Panarin weren't here. And Kratzoff would probably be in the starting lineup, right? Isn't that, you know, it's probably all part of it, too. Look, I'm, I'm with you with as far as the organization and everything else. You know, I'm focused with the team that the, uh, you know, Quinn has put out in the ice right now. So everybody down in Hartford, you got a job, you got a gig. Uh, you're part of the, one of the greatest, uh, you know, NHL franchises. So just, you know, dig in, play hard, get your experience. You know, this is just going to – it comes along, I guess, few and far between as far as young kids coming into the league. Some kids struggle. Some kids don't know how to handle it. Who knows what's going on? I think you've brought up homesickness before in the past. So it could be yeah. all, these, all these different no, things. And, and, that's, and that's fair. Like if he came back and said, look, I'm just, and if that's the report that I, you know, I, I thought I could come over here and do it and it's really just too much. I miss my family. You know, that happens, you know, and uh, I'll have nothing bad to say. But, you know, if it's I'm angry with the organization because, you know, I feel as though I should be you know, on the, on the big team right now. And that's great. You know, I, I, I like the anger, but use it the right way. Don't say, well, you know, I think I could develop myself better than the organization can. So I'm heading back to Russia. And, you know, and again, this report could be nothing. And I, I hate to even, you know, bring this up, but you know, you wonder if there is some, some truth to it, whether, you know, his agent leaked it or, you know, something along those lines where, you know, just to get it out there, you know, maybe, you know, let the organization know like, Hey, this is something that could potentially be a possibility, but you know, hopefully, you know, it's nothing to worry about. Like you said, in a couple of weeks, when 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 the Rangers are playing a ton of games and Hartford is playing a ton of games and he's on the first line and he's scoring and and everything is is great, you know, we'll we'll, we'll look back at this and laugh and and everybody can tell me I was freaking out about nothing. It's going to be great, man, and uh, we'll have to uh, get some violins together for that and some red wine and. <laughs> or you know what it could be he could have come here and he's having you know the crap vodka you know oh! that up in up in hartford he's I, like I, that's it just I send me back i, I just you know kd i don't think russians eat drink i'm sorry eat. I can't find maybe, some of them do eat <laughs> some of them maybe do eat vodka but i don't think it's a vodka issue but uh hey look man you know you got uh you know the way gordon's doing this thing and jd's in town they're not messing around, and also, you know, we talked about this last week as far as, uh, you know, with the, uh, with the trade and everything, and Nemestikov uh, going out of town. They've got the depth, um, and, you know, most of these guys as far as, you know, you know, just, you know, watching, being a fan for years and everything else. There's so many different guys in camp. There's so many different guys on that roster down there in Hartford as well. And, and you got the guys that they want to try with, uh, you know, up front too. And, and, and it may be a Jedi mind trick from Quinn too. Maybe he, he knows that maybe some of the guys uh, that are on the lineup right now are going to be going down. And uh, they just want to do it early in the season to say, hey, look, we gave him a shot. We gave him a try. Uh, you know, it's also with, uh, you know, again, bring up the schedule again and contracts and, you know, a uh, certain amount of games they got to get in and don't get in. So there's all different things going on behind the scenes. But, look, I- I'm I'm cool with it the way you are. Um, you know, if he goes back to Russia, let him go back to Russia. He's still our – he's an asset of ours in one way or the other. Uh, when we need him, he'll, they'll bring him back. And when he earns a spot, he'll get in the lineup, and we'll go from there. Yeah, so, and, uh, the t- and the organization doesn't want these guys to fail. I mean, they want these guys to play well. I mean, you already you already saw the first sort of shoe drop here. Like you were saying, you know, look, they gave, you know, Strom a chance at second line. He's already been dropped in the lineup. We're, Howden is now up. Young guy now second line center. We should be excited. This is what we're going to be seeing, I think, or I hope, moving forward. You're going to see more guys, more younger guys moving up in the lineup. And you're going to see more of these sort of, you know, 
fill-in guys like Strom and Smith moving down in the lineup. It's going to happen. No, I, this I is it. <laughs> no, it's a it rebuild. It's yeah. happening. It no, will but, happen. Yeah, it may happen frustratingly slow, but it's going to happen. See, I'm, I, and the only um, the only reason I was interrupting you there is like I, you know seeing just a little bit of magic between Kako and Strom the other night. Uh, that's something I, I really hope that they can find a way with Kreider too, and and, and make that second line, uh, you know. Uh, a line that can cause some damage and back up that first top line. And, and that ultimately gets into the upcoming games that are coming and the ice time that they're going to get and the opportunities and everything else. And uh, I'm, I'm holding on here and, and, and hoping that, that th- those guys are going to kind of uh, find the way a little bit and we don't have to worry about that. But, you know, Katie, I know you wanted to talk about the bottom eight a little bit and, and Howden and Smith and so on and so forth, but do you want to just kind of throw a couple of thoughts in on, on, on how the bottom eight has been playing? Yeah, I mean, they haven't been playing very well. <laughs> I mean, we, I mean, that that's the bottom line. And I don't, you know, you expect as the season goes on that, you know, hopefully Leah saying this and I'll point to him and, and, you know, I've been sort of, uh, backing his cause since we've started this podcast. He's still got PTSD getting... from opening night. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> you know, he is a guy who I feel is doing all the right things, you know, uh, you know, came into, into camp in, in tip top shape, you know, had a great training camp. Um, did very well during the preseason games. Um, and you know, now he's sort of saddled on the fourth line with, you know, Brendan Smith and, and the Mestikoff before he was traded. And, uh, you know, actually, to be honest, I actually like the line. He's still on the fourth line, but I actually like the line that he may be on. Although I saw Haley was on his line today, but it, hopefully that's just, I heard Lemieux has had the flu. So I hope that more has to do with Lemieux just being sick. Um, because if they roll out tomorrow a line of Anderson, McKegg, and Lemieux, I think that's a, I, I, that's a line I could actually get behind. I think that that's a, a, a solid line. You got a name I, they for just, that line, buddy? <laughs> I'll have to come up with something. <laughs> um, but, you know, and, and to me, that, that line is, is going to be way more exciting than, um, you know, the third line of um, with Strom and, and, and uh, now that they move Smith up. You know, that, that line, I mean, and, and Foss. And, you know, I love Foss, but, you know, Foss to me is a fourth-line play. I mean, that third line of Strom, Smith, and Foss, I mean, yeah, you got to do better than that. Um, but, you know, I, I Anderson is a guy, as much as I'm, you know, defending the organization and, and the way that they're handling Krasov and Hedl as far as sending them down, I I think that they're, they're not doing justice to Anderson. I, I think he deserves a, a little bit more of a chance. You know, Quinn has explained it is, again, to go back to the schedule excuse um, that, you know, he's going to start rolling these guys out more. And, you know, three games and four nights, I mean, he better. Um, and, and I'm excited to see what a guy like Anderson um, can do. I'm excited for the opportunity that Howden is now going to get on the second line um, with Paco and Kreider. I, I hope the kid takes the opportunity and runs with it. Um, you know, I, I, I obviously the hope is that Hedo comes up and takes that spot. And in the meanwhile, it's good to see a youngster getting, getting another, uh, getting an opportunity here. So, you know, the rest of the, you know, bottom eight, you know, look, you know, Smith has been, I guess, better than expected, but you know, I don't expect much. I didn't expect much of him to begin with. And, and like I said, uh, I'm, I'm really looking more forward to that. Those guys moving down the lineup or out of the lineup and, and the guys down at Hartford moving up. Let's just be honest. We're looking forward to games. Finally, we've got some coming back. I know. I, I got to tell you, Paulie, I'm so sick of, like, just 
micromanaging the sort of minutia of like the lines and this. I, I just want to like watch games and like pop open a beer and like enjoy it. I mean, I, I'm losing my, I'm watching playoff baseball and I, I don't even care about the nationals. I'm watching this game because I just, I just want to watch sports. <laughs> it's killing me. You know, there's 30 other teams in the league, buddy, you can watch, you know. NHL Network. I don't care about the other. I'm care about the Rangers. <laughs> All right, everybody, you all listen to Go Rangers Radio right here on the Go Hockey Radio Network. We're going to take a quick break. When we come back, uh, we're going to talk a little of, about uh, how me and uh, KD became Ranger fans. Uh, we're uh, looking to find uh, you know some, some stories here for you guys to kind of uh, get to know us a little bit uh, better. And we're also going to touch on the, um, the anniversary of the passing of Alexei Sharpanov. And we'll get back to that on the other side. Once again, you all listen to Go Rangers Radio. We'll be right back after this break. If you bleed red, white, and Rangers blue, hail the king, follow the bread man, and know how to spell Capo Caco, then tune in to Go Rangers Radio. Join your hosts, Kevin DeLury and Paul Cuthbert, every week for their take on the New York Rangers. Live and archive shows are available at GoRangersRadio.com. If you're social, follow at Go Rangers Radio on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Go Rangers Radio, where the New York Rangers are always the talk of the town. Got any questions for Polly and Kevin? Tag us at Go Rangers Radio on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. And now, slower than a Ron Duguay forecheck. Faster than a John Agrodnik line change and unable to guarantee anything like Mark Messier. Here's Delury and Cuthbert. Yeah, welcome back, everybody. Go Rangers Radio. KD and Paulie firing up here on Wednesday nights. Thanks, everybody, who's tuning in live. And a huge thanks to everybody who's been uh, downloading and streaming. You guys are blowing us away. We really appreciate it. Thank you so much for uh, hanging out with us here, not only on Wednesday nights, but obviously uh, in between. A lot, of, a lot of space between, KD, the games and everything else, and obviously our shows here doing it once a week. But, again, everybody, thank you so much for uh, tuning in and keep spreading the word. Let everybody know about us. And uh, follow us. Follow at Go Rangers Radio, and we give you an immediate follow back. KD doesn't follow anybody back, though. He's, he's a big diva. And, <laughs> You know, he's, I think he's, got, he's following twelve people. I'm, I think I'm one of the lucky ones. <laughs> unless you have a blue, unless you have a blue check mark, I'm not following you back. You definitely have to have a profile <laughs> picture. Yeah, no doubt about it. All right, look, uh, KD. You know, you brought this up, and man, it, uh, time flies. It's unbelievable. But uh, yeah, you brought up uh, the passing of Alexei uh, Sharapov there, um, who passed away in a game, the KHL. Uh, with our old pal uh, Yarmer Yager, um, what's your what's your thoughts on on this anniversary coming up here? It was October thirteenth here, obviously a couple of days ago. But uh, why don't you talk about it a little bit? Yeah, I mean it was just uh, you know a terrible, terrible um, you know death, and you know more than obviously it affecting you know the Rangers. Just you know, I mean you almost get angry about it. Just you know you hear about sort of the, the negligence of the KHL at the time. Um, where the ambulance, apparently the on-site ambulance, you know, you have an ambulance on site for every, every game left early, um, you know, not that early, but you know, they have the games winding down. Let's get out of here. Then the defibrillator, uh, didn't work. So they couldn't revive him. So, you know, things like that, it, you know, it just, it, it gets you angry for, you know, his family, you know, everything he went to his teammates, 
you know, I read some things, you know, Yaramir Yager had mentioned that, you know, it still affects him. Um, you know, the, the kid like literally, you know, he just went down on the bench literally right next to him. Um, you know, that's something that's got to, you know, stick with you, you know, forever. And, you know, seeing him taken off on the, on the stretcher is just, you know, really, a you know, a tough thing. And I, you know, really, you know, beyond and, and you just get into the hockey side of things, you know, and the beyond the human side, which is just, a, like I said, an awful thing for, you know, his family and the teammates at the time. And, and, and really the, the, you know, the KHL and, and, and everything else is, you know, for the Rangers and, and, and what, you know, we may as fans missed out on, on this kid's talent, because he would have been coming over at a real sort of fun time, you know, in the Rangers, because, you know, he probably would have been over in, you know, 2010, you know, in that time when, when the Rangers were sort of really starting to rebuild a little bit with, you know, Lundqvist and you had um, Ports coming in and you had the Dubinskys and you had all that fun stuff. And there was a vibe of the Rangers sort of coming out of the, the, the eight years of not making the playoffs and they were really making a run. And obviously, you know, that, that 2012 team, you know, when they when they made it, when they lost, unfortunately, to the to the Devils, you know, of, of all teams, uh, you know, in that Eastern Conference finals. And that that was a black and blue type Rangers team where the you know, really the only skill guy on there, you know, was was Gabrick. And and I would have loved to have seen Charaponov on, on that team because they really could have used a guy like that, um, you know, with that level of talent. I just wonder what what could have been, you know, with him and. You know, and, and you look down to where, you know, where he'd be now if he was still with the organization, sort of a, you know, a, a grizzled vet, you know, maybe taking a guy like Kratzoff sort of under his arms. And, you know, it's it's really it, it really makes you sad of, you know, things he would have missed and experiences, you know, he and his family have missed. And with him, you know, hopefully eventually would have come over to, you know, North America and been with the Rangers. And, you know, we really missed out on, on someone who could have been, you know, real special, you know, in the league and, and, and with the Rangers. So, you know, it's definitely a heavy heart on, on you know, the 11th, uh, you know, anniversary of his uh, of his passing. Yeah, man, it's tough. It's it's a rare thing that kind of happens um, definitely in, in hockey, you know, as far as uh, tragedies are concerned. Um, obviously, the locomotive tragedy that happened a few years ago as far as uh, – you know, former Rangers and everything, Carpazza passing away on that on that flight. But uh, you know, just in turn, mm-hmm. I think you, I think you brought up a good point as far as the, uh, you know, the level of, um, you know, the KHL to the NHL. You know, as far as the conditions and training stance and everything else, and who knows if the poor kid would have a chance. But uh, yeah, it's a sad thing and it's unfortunate. But uh, lucky enough, it doesn't really happen too often. Um, and that's, I guess that's the best thing to say about it. But uh, kudos to you, yeah, pal, for K- bringing that up. Yeah, and the KHL has made some some changes where they now are, are, you know, ensuring that, you know, they have the defibrillators on site and, you know, that the ambulance are there. So they've 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 learned from the from that tragic event, you know, which I guess you can give them kudos for. I mean, unfortunately, they did deal with the uh, with the airplane issue, like you had mentioned with the with the locomotive uh, uh, team. But, um, yeah, you know, you, you're happy to see that they did make some changes based on that. Um, and, uh, yeah, I mean, still look, the NHL is still the best league and, and you, you like to see these guys coming over here, but you know, with the KHL, you know, you hope they continue to do the right thing for their players. Yeah. Well, you haven't heard anything, anything bad in a while. So, uh, and, and there's been more of a, um, a back and forth now between, you know, players over here in the States and Canada heading over there to, you know, to finish their careers out or at least getting a gig and getting a job. And then you see a guy like Kovalchuk come back here, uh, 
uh, it's amazing. Him and um, oh my god, I can't. Uh, who's the who's the winger that was on Detroit? Oh my god, Datsuk. I mean, it was an unbelievable seeing that guy leave to go over there. You mm-hmm. know what I'm saying? And uh, but him and Kovalchuk were tearing up for a little while. But you know, a guy like that, uh, you know, Datsuk goes over there because uh, his family. You know, and you get that. Kovalchuk went over there for a boatload of money, and I guess. The money ran out, and he came back here. And, man, they're having an awful time in L.A. We don't have enough time to go over what's going on in, in La La Land. But uh, <laughs> it's uh, just getting back to your point as far as the KHL improving and getting better, uh, you know, uh, good for them because, uh, you know, hockey's hockey. We all love it. And if, uh, you know, guys can keep working, uh, that's the main thing because, uh, you know, I think there was a, a story uh, today, I believe, with Donald Brashear. Uh, I think he's, he's uh, somebody mm-hmm. found him working at a, a Tim Hortons, you know. And there's a guy who was uh, – you know, playing for Montreal, a bunch of teams here in the league, uh, you know, uh, the you know a big enforcer. And now uh, you know, it's amazing, KD, too. You know, I know a guy like Lemieux. I, I love it, too. I like tough guys and kind of figure it out. But it's amazing in our game here how the enforcer has been literally eliminated from the game, you know, as far as fighters and everything else. And it's, it's really changed the... Uh, the mix-up of the NHL as far as, you know, the speed and, and obviously the young kids getting in. You know, could you imagine, like, a guy like Kako or, uh, you know, Kratzoff or whatever, and not maybe down the phone, but even, like, Hughes or whatever. I mean, Hughes is struggling there in, in Jersey. But back in the day, boy, you know, our old teams, and we'll get into this a little bit as we go back into Ranger history a little bit, but, you know, those guys wouldn't have had a prayer. They would have been crushed. They would have been, you know, beating the crap out of, you know, uh, you know uh, guys like uh, who go out there and mix it up, like Tekin and stuff, who, you know, chase guys around and, and mix it up a little bit. A lot of that part of the game really isn't there. And even when you get into the playoffs, too, man, it's uh, guys are just killing them, killing each other out there, and the referees kind of let a lot of things go here. And it's it's really um, it's fascinating to see. And, and, Katie, it's mindless to see these guys dropping the gloves and punching each other's face shields. I just don't understand that. Yeah, I mean, obviously the league has gotten away from it. They're looking at, you know, more skill and less of the sort of uh, – you know, rough stuff out there. And, and look, and, and there is good reason for it. I think, look, I, I enjoy fighting in the game, but I like it sort of uh, organically happening, not the stage fighting that you saw. And I think that that's where, you know, you see guys like, you know, Brashear running into, you know, drug addiction, addiction problems. And you obviously had the tragedy with Derek Bugard um, with the Rangers where he, you know, um, obviously committed suicide, um, you know, which was just a terrible thing when i ran the blog i you know i did a huge fundraiser to help uh, one of one of his charities that he was behind it you know, that, really buddy. affected me it was awesome. of, yeah yeah really affected me and a lot of range of fans so you know it's good to see that you know that type of thing is gone because those guys were fighting every day just every game just to fight it wasn't you know part you know part of the part of the game action where you get caught up in the in the craziness of a game and and the heat of the moment and and you, and you throw the gloves down those guys were you know, Bugard's team was playing against Brashear's team, and they were just fought because they were supposed to. You know, and I think that that's where those guys ended up with, you know, um, you know the concussion issues, which lead to, um, you know, uh, issues down the road for these guys, whether it's substance abuse um, or, you know, thinking about committing suicide and, and those terrible things. So, you know, I, I think there's a lot of positives with taking fighting out of the game. I, I don't want to see it completely go. I do like the organic fighting that comes up in the heat of the moment of a game i wouldn't like to see that stuff go um but you know just having a guy who's literally going to be fighting um in all 82 games just because you know he's the biggest guy out there and he has a target on his back you know i'm glad to see that that is gone um but you know look it's it's 
the way that the game evolves, um, you know, again, they're the younger people who look, you, you got to be interested to have the interest of the younger people to continue to have your fan base uh, coming and, and coming as the older people sort of uh, um, not to get too more die off. Um, and, and the younger, the younger, <laughs> well, that's what happens. Uh, the younger, the younger people like more of a skill game. I mean, you, you know, you just talk to any of the younger fans, they don't want fighting in hockey. And I think, you know, the NHL is probably smart from a marketing perspective and, and a dollar's perspective, um, to, you know, slant the game more towards a skill level. I mean, you're looking at fourth lines now that our, our teams are looking to completely fill with skilled players where back in the day it was goons. Um, so, you know, that's, that's where we're going with it. And, and look, I'm okay with it. Yeah. It's, it's, it's just the way the game has changed. And I, I think everybody's pretty much okay with it. I, I love the good uh, old time hockey game, uh, like anybody else, but, uh, you know, I, sometimes I just, I'm like, you know, it'll either, you know, you sit there and you want to say, well, let them take the, the shields off if they're going to fight. And then it's like, well, you know, the whole thing is about protecting these guys in case they fall back on the ice and everything mm-hmm. else. But hey, look, like I said, we're adapting. So let me let me ask you this: we're gonna we're gonna me and you are gonna talk about how we became Ranger fans. But before we do that, and we're talking about enforcers here. Give me give me three of your favorite Rangers enforcers, and I'll give you three of mine. Oh man, put me on the spot here. Yeah, well, that's, um, that's what we do here. At go Rangers Radio. I got, oh, I got to go. Ty Domi. Um, let me see. I gotta go, Joey Coaster. Yeah, so one of Domi, mine. Domi, Domi, and Coaster, and then hmm, I gotta go. Um, hmm, trying to think who else. Yeah, the, the third one, you know, it could be a tough one to pick. You know. Uh, I keep going, and, and he's not anywhere near an enforcer. I, I just have Avery in my head because it's funny. <laughs> Same thing, man. <laughs> no, no, it's funny because, you know, those type of guys, and I say it all the time, like those are my favorite type of guys, like the pest guys, um, you know, like a Carcillo or a Avery. But um, I'm trying to think because I, there's, there were so many bad ones, I feel like, with the Rangers, and we, and we just talked about Brashear, who, who to me was like one of the worst signings the Rangers had ever made because he'd like knocked a Blair Betts out of the playoff game the year before which really hurt them and then they ended up signing him that summer which was was completely <laughs> terrible um but uh I'm trying to think back in the day uh, uh, let me hear yours and, and let me think if I could if I can get uh if I could think about it well you know I was with you with uh, as far as Joey Koser uh you know I just loved him on the squad he was just uh just a great teammate and uh just when he was on the bench it was just no messing around. I give a, a Colt Nora kind of like when he was uh, with the team because it was just something about him, the way he carried himself. And, and uh, you know, he pretty much was able to go out there and keep everybody in check. But one of my all-time favorite from back in the days, obviously growing up in the 70s, is uh, Nicky Fatio. Uh, mm. Love Nicky uh, just as far as him just being heart and soul, a New Yorker, uh, all that kind of stuff. And uh, he just, to me, is a very much like a slap shot kind of guy. Uh, but Nicky was great there, man. He used to go out there, and, and you think about some of the teams back then when, when Nicky was playing. The, you know the, the the tough guys in Philadelphia, and obviously guys uh, you know on the island there like Clark Gillies and 
you know, some of the big matchups that they had to fight and stuff, and and it was pretty much just part of the game. So those guys are real warriors. But and then I, you know, like I said, I do. I think about guys like Avery and uh, and Asa Tikin, and obviously wasn't a fighter, but man, he loved to go out there and just get everybody kind of on his skin. I used to love Domi when he used to do the the rumbling fists. Yeah, he, yeah, the rolling man. fists after it. Oh, I used yeah. to die laughing, and then he and then he scored, and he would ride the stick down well, the ice, which yeah. is. Yeah, no, I agree with you. And the thing is, you know, here we are. We're talking about that as far as them. When when Ty got on the ice, that's all you want. You know, it was kind of like he was boxed into a corner. That whenever he got on the ice. It was for a fight, or there was going to be a fight, or, you know, he was out I there. I mean, like, his fight, he had that fight with Probert, which yeah. is just, like, all time. Like, that fight was just, like, two heavyweights just beat the crap out of each other. Yeah, and but, you know, that, and, you know, a guy like Probert, too, same thing. When those guys got in the ice, it's almost like they, uh, the really the hockey aspect of the game as far as their stick handling, scoring, and all that stuff, and it would be a big deal, obviously, when Ty scored, but he was such a great personality, it's a... Uh, Great mm-hmm. to see his kid doing so well in Montreal, too. It's good stuff. All right, buddy. So, look, we're winding up here. We've got about 10 minutes left in the show. Once again, everybody, listen to Go Rangers Radio. Anybody tuning in for the first time, thank you so much. And for everybody else who's been, uh, you know, from the get-go and uh, all our fans on Twitter and stuff, uh, we, we, we can't thank you guys enough. It's been just great to see the uh, the downloads and the streams and everybody kind of getting involved. And, again, we'll, we'll remind everybody uh, after 10 games here and, uh, you know, getting into November, we're going to get the fans involved here. We're also going to have some guests lined up here too. So it won't be just me and KD rambling on here and on and on. But uh, with the fact that the Rangers, uh, you know, are only going to be playing their fourth game here tomorrow night, we decided we'd, uh, we'd, we'd talk a little bit about – you know, how me and KD became Ranger fans. I think everybody's got their own story one way or the other. It's usually because, you know, your your, your mom or your dad was obviously rooting for your brothers, depending on what kind of size of family you had and who had to beat it into your skull. Uh, but, KD, look, I'll, I'll go first here. Um, you know, as far as myself growing up here in, uh, on Long Island, actually, um, the, ra- the way I became a Rangers fan is because my father's uh, originally from Dublin, Ireland. And uh, when he was living there in the 60s and stuff, before he came over here in uh, the mid to late 60s, uh, teams like uh, the Chicago Blackhawks, a lot of the original six back then were very popular, and he uh, always knew about um, Bobby Hull. So uh, he came over here, and uh, he got an apprenticeship in Manhattan, in, in New York. He was in, uh, in uh, you know, uh, plumbing and engineering. And Long story short, he's walking by MSG one night, coming back from a shift, and he's, uh, the Blackhawks are playing the Rangers. He sees it outside on the, um, on, the, uh, you know, on the billboard. So he actually picks up a, a ticket outside, he told me, and he said he went in and he watched the third period. And the rest is history. And, you know, I'm the, I was the firstborn, the, uh, the golden child, as I'm known in the family. I don't think my, sister, <laughs> my brother appreciate that, but it's a, it's a family joke. But long story short, so, I, you know, I just, you know, for me, uh, you know, the, the, the 70s Rangers, I have a huge connection with, you know, uh, Espo's team and uh, the team that went to uh, the Cup in 79. And, um, but that's how I became a Ranger fan. And, I, you know, I've been there through, you know, thick and thin through the 80s and everything. And, and obviously right up to 94, uh, that religious experience and with them, you know, winning it. So it was, it was epic for me. You know, I'm going to be 50 next month. So, you know, I, I was a Ranger fan, you know, by the time I was 10, 11, 12 years old. I remember my father taking us, you know, this is back before, you know, cable vision and everything that we have right now. And at the Sports Channel, we used to have to go to, my father used to have to take me to bars. I remember Freeport out here in Long Island, they have the, you know, the big closed circuit TVs, the big box TVs. And it was only on Sports Channel. I remember the Ranger Islander series. And that's the only way we could watch the games because we didn't have really the cable vision back then in the house just yet. But those are the memories. My first game. 
uh, at the Garden was Rangers uh, Atlanta Flames playoffs. Uh, JD was in net, and Steve Vickers scored in overtime. It was fantastic. It was awesome. I'll never forget walking up the steps in the Garden for the first time. I've been hooked ever since, obviously up and down throughout the years. But Rangers are in my blood. I love it. And so because of my, my Irish father from Dublin, Ireland, that came over here, walked past the Garden, happened to be a, a new Bobby Hull from the Chicago Blackhawks from back in the day, walks in. And uh, like I said, we've been uh, you know range of crazy Ranger fans uh, since then. And the only the only downside of that is my young brother is an Islander fan, <laughs> and you know Shawnee too. He's got a really popular uh, Islanders hockey. We'll give him a little plug there. Hockey night in New York. If you guys want to check that out? Uh, him and uh, Tony uh, fire that up every week. But that's so funny. But you know Sean's an Islander fan because uh, you know he grew up in Long Island, and you know him and all his cousins and everything. I always say that, Katie. It's about your surroundings and stuff. So you know when I was, I'm 13 year old older than my uh, my brother. So me and a lot of my cousins uh, and close friends, we were all Ranger fans, and then obviously I have uh, Islander fans. But man. Those 80s, the, the Islanders' cups, uh, just brutal. Uh, but uh, And then get into the 90s there with Coach Nielsen and ups and downs and everything else and so on and so forth. So that's my long-winded story. I love being a Ranger fan. It's the greatest thing ever. Uh, you know, And I love doing this with you, man. So this is just great stuff for us. Uh, you know, having a good chat here and stuff, and everybody sees like the uh, the nostalgic promos that I put up. You know, the Ula La Sassoon and all that other stuff because <laughs> that's how far back I go. So enough from me, KD. That's awesome. Everybody wants to know how did Kevin Delory become a Ranger <laughs> fan and then start the world famous NYR blog. <laughs> Man, it's uh, let's see. When I was I following hockey, I think as a kid, I wasn't necessarily into teams. I, I remember being as young as like six and seven years old. I was just into goaltenders, like the equipment, and I used to follow goalies. I used to just have goalie posters all over. I, I wouldn't be following a team. I would be, you know, checking out what, you know, Van Beesbrook was doing or what Billy Smith was doing or Patrick Waugh or, or, you know, some of, the, uh, some of the other older goalies. And uh, I started playing hockey when I was, like, seven years old. Um, so for me, it was more about the sport itself and the goalie position, which really just brought me in. Meanwhile, at the same time, you know, early 80s, like you mentioned, everyone I knew were, was Islander fans. So as I'm really getting into hockey and exploring it more and the games on TV were Islander games, I was becoming an Islander fan. I know, if you can actually believe it. Um, watching the games... Um, I may or may not have had an Islander shirt. My cousin who listens to the show says he's going to blackmail me one of these days because he has <laughs> a picture like that. My uncle took of me when I'm like, you know, uh, seven years old with like an Islander shirt on. I couldn't take it. Oh, my God. If so, if you could believe it, my early beginnings here were in becoming an Islander fan. But one fateful night. <laughs> out in front of um, the United States of America on Hicksville Road in Massapequa. I know it well. My, my father, who is a huge Ranger fan, and my best friend at the time, another big Ranger fan, literally sat me down and refused and refused to allow me to become an Islander fan. So that night, they talked me out of being an Island fan. And this was in 84, I think, 84, 85. So in the middle of four straight Stanley Cups, I was talked out of becoming an Islander fan. You can imagine how hard that problem was. <laughs> um, and from there, because I had such a love of hockey at that point, um, you know, it was the Rangers became my first love. You know, I got my 
probably a couple of weeks later, I got my first Ranger jersey. And if you can believe my first Ranger jersey, of all people, was a Bob Froze jersey, if you could believe that. <laughs> Again, goalie, who I, he had won the Vesna the year before. He shared it with Van Viesbrook. I can't believe I remember that. The two That's of them crazy. tied. They tied for the Vesna. And then the Rangers brought him in the next year. Um, so I, I bought the Froze jersey. And, and from there, um, you know, it was, you know, I, a bunch of my friends now who we still hang out with. We got season tickets together. Um, which, which really, that's when I started the blog, when I started do, doing the season tickets, and that was right after the, uh, the lockout and, you know, don't miss a game, started the blog because of just my love and passion for the Rangers and, and hockey. But really, my dad, so if, if I have to thank anybody, um, you know, who, and it's my dad who's probably listening, so thanks, Dad. Um, <laughs> you turned me from, you know, a life of misery because after those four Stanley Cups, it was all downhill um, to uh, not that it was that much better for the Rangers because I've only seen one um, cup, but uh, you know, I, I wouldn't change things for the world. And uh, yeah, I gotta believe that's it. I gotta, I gotta believe your dad uh, changed you because he wasn't going to suffer alone. (laughs) (laughs) That's right. After all those championships. Well, well, that's why he turned me into. That's why he made me a Mets fan too. So yeah, oh. misery loves misery loves company. So oh, that's brutal, <laughs> brutal, brutal, brutal. But yeah, those were. Uh, that's a great story, man. It's 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 good stuff. It's uh, you know you, you you sit here as we get older and and watching the franchise here and man man you know I got it you know like I said we've known each other a long time man and uh, you know you've you've developed a great rapport with your uh, fan base over the years as far as the blog and everything and I used to always sit back and just in awe like. You know, I know we laugh about it now because even me and you talked about, you know, doing this show again. And we, we were both talking about the amount of time that we used to put into you on the blog. And, you know, I was running the Hockey This Week Network, uh, you know, years ago, too. And I was running six shows a week. And, you know, it was just it was crazy. And, and my kids were younger back then. And uh, I just don't know how I was doing it. And and now, uh, you know, we you know, we joked around, obviously, in the pilot show and everything here about us jumping on the bandwagon and everything. But it's it. it it's good, and, you know, I love talking about the old days. I love talking about, um, you know, there's just something special about being a Ranger fan uh, as far as, you know, the history. Because if you do look at it, pal, you know, it, Game 7 and 94, man, if they hadn't have won that game, and, and you, think about, you think about all the years, you know, 1940 up to 94, and now what, what are we hitting now? 21, 22? How, I can't even, I, I don't know. The, what, how many years are we going, going without a cup now, KD? 25 25 unbelievable man but you know what maybe something's changed because uh with with due respect to a guy that i always love and respected and that's neil smith they uh they finally brought him back uh to the garden uh recently you know uh, neil wasn't allowed into the garden uh for many years uh you know through all the uh the, the banner raisins the jersey retirements and everything else he was kind of excluded uh, from the garden, and unfortunately, Neil uh, had a tragedy there. I know his son uh, took his life there, but I was blessed enough to uh, work with Neil a few years back, and uh, not only just a great, um, you know, guy to talk hockey with, but uh, you know, I was just I couldn't believe, you know, Neil was just so down to earth to work with me and do a show with me. We used to do an hour show on Fridays and stuff, and and that is that connection to that team, and Neil still has that uh, that connection too, because obviously he was the architect and, and a big part of it. Um, and the last thing I just want to ask you here before we uh, say goodnight to Katie, uh, just a quick thought on, I'll tell you when the, when the when the Rangers won that cup that night, you know, me and my father jumped into our arms, and it was I, I broke down crying. It was a religious experience. Do you remember where you were? Oh. 
I absolutely remember where I was. I was at my <laughs> my buddy's house, big party. I mean that. I mean, I don't know if you want to get into this, or we can make this another segment. You another, know, yeah, a little we'll do bit. maybe next week or something. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, just because whatever you know, we had there was parties like every night for every Ranger game during that run. You know, just throughout high school, it was Islander fans and Ranger fans, and we'd have like like pylons and 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 literally like fights in the middle of the games and stuff. It was crazy. <laughs> But, you know, it was my senior year of high school. I mean, I, there couldn't have been a better time for that run to happen than a senior in high school. Um, but we were at my buddy's house. There was um, four of us, Ranger fans, huge Ranger fans. And then the rest of his house was filled with Islander fans. <laughs> Just, you know, hoping and praying that 1940 continued. And when it didn't, and, you know... The waiting is over. This one will last a lifetime. I literally stripped naked, <laughs> ran through the party, and down the street in front of all the rain, in front of all the Islander fans who had filed out of the house <laughs> with their heads down. And that's how I celebrated. Oh, buddy! The '94 Stanley Cup. Uh, it's a, it's an image in my head that I probably won't be able to sleep tonight. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> it's great stuff, man. And uh, as Sam says. It will last a lifetime. Unfortunately, it's lasting too long, but uh, that's yeah. great stuff, man. All right, buddy, let's uh, put a bow tie on this one. Uh, we want to thank everybody for tuning in. And, uh, look, we got Rangers hockey finally coming back, two in a row here. Uh, once again, thanks, everybody, tuning in. And uh, make sure you follow us at Go Rangers Radio everywhere. KD, uh, say goodnight to everybody, buddy, before I shut us down here, buddy. Good night, everyone. My third enforcer would definitely be Machinta. Oh, wait a second. Hold on. Wait a second. Hold on. This is my bad. Hold on a second. We're not going anywhere yet. And you know Uh-oh. what? This is great, KD, because this is our show, and I can do this right now. <laughs> we almost forgot about the man crush of the week. Oh, man. And, and I have one. And I have one. I know. So, all right. This is good. So, I, I caught it. My brain still works. I remember it. We're out of the nostalgia moment here. Ladies and gentlemen, it's that time of the week. A little overtime here tonight on the Go Rangers radio show. KD, who is your New York Rangers man crush of the week, baby? My man crush of the week is whoever the guy was at the NHL offices who decided to change up the draft lotto. Because because of the way that it is now run, we now have Hughes going to the Devils and Kako going to the Rangers. And now the Rangers-Devils rivalry is now coming back. And it wouldn't be happening without the NHL changing that lotto. And, and with the first meeting of Hughes and Kako tomorrow, my man curse of the week is whoever came up with the idea of going more towards the NBA draft lotto system over at the NHL offices, because without that guy, we would not have Capo Kako. Well, we got to send that guy a, a bottle of vodka, buddy. We'll have to find out what, uh, what favorite when, vodka when, when, Krapsoff's That's right. When Krapsoff goes back to Russia, we'll tell him to bring one a bottle back. Oh, buddy, we got to get some games going, man. I don't know about that man crush, but I, I give it up for you, man. That's good stuff. Well, <laughs> I tell you what, here's to uh, use not lighting us up tomorrow night as we face the Devils. All right, everybody, thanks so much for listening. We'll be back next Wednesday night live. We've got some more fun stuff coming up for you. Thanks again so much for tuning in. Good night, KD. Later, buddy. All right. Take care, everybody.